Hello again, everyone. This is Daily in the Word. I am Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. We're glad that you're with us today as we dive into Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2 serves as a detail filler in on all of the creation account that we find in chapter 1. So as we dive in here, we see some of the names of the places, we see some of the details of the creation of Adam and Eve and all of that. So let's go ahead and dive into the text. We're going to be reading in chapter 2, verses 4 through 17 today. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Fishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and oxen are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. As we look back at the text now in verse 4, it says, This is the account, or what became of God's creation back when it was first created. So this is a fill-in-the-blank section that gives us some detail of the account that's given in chapter 1. Now he says, No shrub had yet appeared on the earth, no plant yet sprung up for the Lord God. And I want to pause right there, and I want you to notice how often the phrase, the Lord God, and the Lord, the word Lord is in all caps, L-O-R-D, all caps, That's a reference to, whenever you see that in the Old Testament, L-O-R-D, the word Lord in all capitals, that's an indication of the name of God, Yahweh or Jehovah. And it's a reminder to the people of Israel. Remember, Moses wrote this, and it is the Lord God, the covenant-keeping God, who is also the creator God. Moses, in writing it this way, helps us to understand through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, lets us know, and God lets us know, the sovereign Lord of creation is also the sovereign Lord of Israel, the nation, and his law that is given, and the covenants that are made. It is all 
the same God. Verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being, or literally a living soul. So he has created a spiritual being. That's what separates him from the rest of the animal kingdom. So man is formed from the ground, and there is also an in-breathing. And that combination creates Adam, the first man, Adam, his name. Adam, the name, is man. That is his name. Man is his name. And it's also related to another word, and the word is for ground. They both come from the same root word. And he's created to serve. He is created for fellowship. And then God creates the trees and the animals. And want to make note of this as well. He creates everything with apparent age. Adam he creates as a fully grown adult. He creates Adam with apparent age, with the animals, the trees, everything around them. Would it not also make sense that he created the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars also with apparent age? Now, I don't know how that relates to those who would say that the earth and the universe is millions or billions of years old, but we do know that God created with apparent age. And then God planted this garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. He placed the man there. He put him to rest there, set him to rest there, literally, to work or to serve, literally, to care for all of God's creation in the garden. And we are reminded that Adam's service in the garden, his work in the garden, as he tended the garden and cared for it, was considered work for God or his service to God. And we need to understand that our work, whatever work it is that we do, however we work with our hands or in any way, God considers that work in his service. So there is no such thing as a secular work versus spiritual work. All the work that we perform is good and God-honoring and is something that we do in our service for him. The text goes on, there was a river watering the garden that flowed from Eden and that separated into four headwaters, and that's Fishon and Gihon and the Tigris River and the Euphrates River. And there's a couple there, the Tigris and the Euphrates, those are names that relate to rivers that we know today. The first two are, are not. And we don't know how the shape of the geography may have changed as a result of the fall or the result of the flood. But we do know a couple of those names. Now he talks about gold in the land and resin and onyx. And we're going to see that in the new creation in the new heaven and the new earth as well. So paradise will be restored at that time. Verse 15, God took the man, placed him in the garden, set him to rest, to work it, to care for it. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. 
And that sets a pattern that we see throughout the Old Testament, that when God commands them, and here is the first command, eat of anything that you want in the garden, eat from any of the tree but one. And if you do eat from that one, you will certainly die. And that pattern, just like the giving of the Old Testament law, there is positive blessing and there is negative prohibition. There is, if you do this, this right thing, then you will certainly be blessed for it. If you do this wrong thing, then you will certainly pay. You will certainly have consequences. In this case, you will certainly die for doing this wrong thing. Adam and Eve were created with the capacity for moral responsibility. And of course, we know the outcome of that. We're going to get to that in the next chapter, but certainly the people that Moses was writing for at the time knew what was about to come. None of this was a surprise for them, nor is it a surprise for us because we are all sinners, because we all have struggles with sin. We recognize that we have failed that command. We have failed God and sinned against God just as Adam and Eve did, just as anytime we are presented with two choices of right and wrong, so often we have chosen to go away from God and to sin against him. Now, we're going to go on from that next time, and we'll see the creation of all of the animals and then God creating Adam's helpmeet or helper in woman. And we'll see all of that coming as we finish out chapter 2 next time. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your creation. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for all that you have done, all the, the, the handiwork that you have provided in your creation. And as we look out at creation, there is so much beauty there. And we can't imagine what this world will look like when it is no longer marred by the fall, by our sin. We look forward to that day when it will be restored in the new creation, the new heaven, and the new earth. Lord, thank you that your plan always included a plan of redemption. You knew that Adam and Eve would fail. You knew that the nation of Israel would fail. And right from the beginning, you provided a redeemer. None of our failure was a surprise to you. Lord, may we be obedient as now we have the Holy Spirit living within us. Just as you breathed life into Adam, your Holy Spirit has breathed life into us. New life, a new birth, new water that will never run dry. And we have now the capacity to choose to do right, to live for you, to walk in the Spirit. And may we do that. Lord, and we love you and we praise you. We ask all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening here on Daily in the Word. I pray that you will have an opportunity to share your faith with someone who needs to know the life-changing message of the gospel. I pray that you would live according to your faith and that people around you would respond to that 
different kind of a life that you live. In this world that we live, Christians stand out as light and represent the gospel well because of the stark difference compared to the way the rest of the world thinks and lives. Be loving, be kind to those around you, to those you work with, to those in your family, to those in your community. We'll see you again next time, and I hope that you have a great day. Take care.